Hello and welcome back to the Blessed Is She podcast. It has been quite a while. I just wanted to do a little surprise Happy New Year episode of something that the Lord has really taught me this year uh, since I started in my journey with him. But first and foremost, let me just introduce myself really quick. I am Lily Ketchum, the host of the Blessed Is She podcast. And my heart for this podcast is to just reach and teach and encourage other women of God um, in just the most everyday life Christian woman things that we go through and just share Um, my heart of encouragement and just the ways that the Lord has taught me in my own personal walk as a woman of God. But first, let's just pray and then we'll get right into what the Lord wants to speak over you. So Lord, I just want to thank you for this beautiful woman of God that is listening to this um, and just the daughter that you have called them and created them to be, Lord. We just want to ask that wherever they are in this moment, that your Holy Spirit floods the room, floods the car, floods wherever they are, Lord, that you just meet them where they're at, that you open up their heart to receive this word, that you are moving in their thoughts and their life right now, Jesus, that as this year is coming to a close, that you just help them to reflect on your character and remember the good. So we just pray that this word stirs in their hearts, Lord. It feels like they feel prepared for the year to come, Jesus. So we just ask for you to speak in a unique way to your specifically created and unique daughter that is listening to this and that you just have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this topic is one that is very common uh, for quite literally everybody in the entire face of the earth, and that is insecurity. Insecurity not just in the sense of, oh, I don't like how my hair looks today, I don't like how my body looks today, but insecurity in not being secure in Christ and secure in who he created you to be. So I did some research, deep-dived into just insecurity in general and insecurity in the Bible, and I feel like I have a good amount of wisdom that the Lord allowed me to obtain from this that I just wanted to share, especially going into a new year. It's so important, and I believe the foundation to everything, not just as a woman of God, but as a follower of Christ, is to be secure in your identity in Him. And once that is aligned, everything else kind of just makes sense. So I found that six out of seven people are actually plagued by the feeling of insecurity, which is 85.71% of the entirety of the world's population, which you'd think with something as common as this, that it would be talked about more, especially in the church, which is why I feel so passionate about identity in Christ. And sadly, it's considered a common feeling that most people experience at some point in life, which I can relate to that, and I'm sure anybody that listens to this can also relate to that. So, as people in the church, women of God, um, people who follow the Lord, what can we do about insecurity and how can we navigate something as common as this in a healthy and godly manner? 
See, insecurity is more than just appearance and how someone feels in their own skin. It's so much deeper and can actually affect so much more than just yourself as well. I learned this in my own life. But first of all, uh, biblically, I just took a look at Solomon and his story of insecurity and the way it affected his leadership, the people around him, and his relationship with the Lord. Um, in 1 Kings 39 through 40, it talks about how Solomon is getting anointed king after King David, which already personally would cause me a lot of insecurity because I would be looking at somebody like King David who was so praised and so looked up to, to be like, oh, so I have to be king after King David? This is awkward. Like, anybody else, please. Um, but a key detail in Solomon's story of his insecurity is that he is the son of David and Bathsheba. And if you don't know that story, basically David um, slept with Bathsheba, who was a wife of somebody else. And her husband, I believe, was away for war, a battle at that point in time. And David saw her um, bathing on the roof and decided that he would sleep with her. And because of that, Solomon was born. So he's the product of a sin, a mistake from his father. And so automatically, he was just born into that insecurity. I mean, would, how would you not be insecure knowing that that's what you came from. And so in 1 Kings 1, 28 through 30, it talks about how Solomon is called by God to be king. It's not just because he's the son of David, but the Lord has anointed Solomon for this position. See, there was somebody else uh, in opposition of Solomon being king. He was trying so hard. He was doing all of the works to try and prove himself worthy to be king. But because Solomon was called by the Lord to be king, even though maybe he didn't even want it, it's his position. So in your anointing and in your call and in your walk with God, there might always be somebody in opposition and someone who feels like they earn the spot. But you have to remember that God has appointed you there. And even if you don't know exactly what God wants to do with you, we all have one foundational call and mission, and that is to spread the love of Christ. But you're also called to be a daughter of the King. So then later on, 1 Kings 2, 2 through 4, David gives advice to Solomon about being king. And he mentions something about listening to the requirements of God. And to me, this says that in your anointing, in being a woman of God, you can choose to either look at God's requirements or your own critiques. See, it would be so easy, especially for Solomon in this position, to get so caught up in all of the physicalities and the circumstances around him to say, oh my gosh, I was born from this product of sin. I'm a mistake. I don't know how I'm supposed to take after my father, uh, a king that's looked up to so much, when I don't know anything about being king. God, why me? I don't know how I'm worthy of this. What am I doing here? But rather, instead of looking at your circumstances, look at God's requirements. That's what David's trying to tell Solomon. Don't 
try and categorize yourself with somebody else. Look at what God wants for you because he made that specifically for you. See, Solomon and his leadership prays for wisdom. But something that I've learned in my own life is when you pray for something, it's not necessarily just given to you. It's usually given to you in a way that you can learn that specific thing you're praying for, that you can grow that specific thing you're praying for. So in this situation with Solomon, when he prays for wisdom, the Lord grants it to him, but he also gives him opportunities to choose wisdom and to grow his godly wisdom. And there is a point in Solomon's uh, reign of king where he does not choose wisdom. He chooses his pleasure and his sin before the Lord's wisdom. So in 1 Kings 11, Solomon disobeys God in a way where the Lord asked him and the people of his nation to not marry anybody from Israel. And Solomon ended up doing so multiple times. For those of you who know his story, he had at least 700 wives. <laughs> and the biggest part, though, is within those marriages was another sin and another area of disobedience from the Lord because Solomon would entice his wives to marry him by building a temple to their foreign gods. So he wasn't just disobeying God inherently, but he was also choosing to essentially worship another god just to get another wife. And because of this, he stopped choosing only God and in turn not growing his wisdom and leadership in those moments. See, this small moment of pleasure and sin for Solomon is actually considered one of the decisions that played a role in the major downfall of Israel, which is God's chosen people. And this isn't to scare you, but it's just a huge example of how the root of insecurity ignored and grown by choosing moments of short pleasure and moments of sin rather than surrendering it to the Lord can lead to affecting other people, especially if you're in a leadership position. But at the end of the day, Solomon was trying to solve his insecurity with pleasure, covering up his wounds by becoming his own God so he didn't have to humbly submit to the one true God, so he didn't have to live with his realities. See, I like to think that the enemy kind of likes us to be fearful of what could happen when we surrender those things and makes us fearful of taking that next step because he knows that's the only way he can get us to not do it. Because he's afraid himself that when we do take that next step, that we're going to be unstoppable in Christ. And identity is the foundation to all of that. But see, Solomon also wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, which personally is my favorite book. And in Ecclesiastes 1, 16 through 18, Solomon mentions he wants to pursue wisdom to appear wiser than all the other kings before him, which screams insecurity to me. And this is the whole reason that Solomon makes the choices that he did because he was insecure. But something that the Lord has revealed to me in my walk of insecurity is that at the end of the day, the root of insecurity is actually pride. And I know that sounds kind of scary. And I feel like sometimes when you're praying through pride and you're admitting that you're prideful, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't really think of myself that way. And it kind of seems more dramatic than it actually is. 
But to me, insecurity is prideful because when you're insecure, you're telling God that he didn't make you good enough. That you're telling God that he didn't give you the gift that he wanted. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. And to me, that's prideful because God created us so intentionally and so specifically to be uniquely us for unique and specific things to reach unique and specific people. So if we're allowing the root of insecurity to grow in our lives and affect others and rule the way that we live and we think, that that's just pride to me because you're, again, you're telling God that he didn't do good enough when he made you the way that you are. And so on the topic of insecurity, I mean, it's something that we all deal with. I struggled with it pretty much my entire life until the Lord was revealing to me that I struggled with it in my own life. And it wasn't just, oh, I can't stand how I look because there were days that I definitely felt a little bit better about myself. But at the end of the day, I was insecure in the sense that I wasn't good enough. I didn't speak good enough. I wasn't as good at my major as I should have been. I wasn't as good of a friend or a girlfriend as I should have been, um, a daughter, a person that people just didn't actually like. It was all just these lies from the enemy that were trying to get me down and discourage me and not be secure in my identity in Christ. And so I believe at the end of the day, it is important and literally foundational to know who you are and to not try and fit into certain categories or requirements. But knowing that wherever you are, the all-knowing God of the universe has appointed you there and not somebody else for a reason. But, you know, you can hear all these things and you can listen to the story and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to pray about this. But how do you actually walk through insecurity? How do you actually find healing from something that's so common and almost just normal in everyday life? In 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27, it talks about the body of Christ and how everybody has a specific part to play uh, for the Lord. And it talks about how God is the head of the body and everyone else in the body of Christ has the different part that they're supposed to play. See, it's a matter of understanding yours and how important it is that it's not a competition and all are equally as important and can't function without each other. If I was a hand, but instead I wanted to be a knee, and I was trying to fit into the physicalities and requirements of being a knee, but I was created to be a hand, it messes up the entire body, and all the parts around me, and me, because I'm not walking out the way that I was created to be. So, I just created some practical steps to incorporate into your everyday life going into the new year, to help you to really walk out being secure in Christ. Because I believe once you're free, it also is a matter of continuing to have a sound mind that you are free, continuing to tell yourself that you are, and continuing to grow that and grow that and grow that. It's kind of like if you were to go and work out and you were really consistent and you finally got that PR and then you just stopped working out. You can't just walk into the gym again you know, weeks after and expect to hit that same PR, you have to keep being consistent to keep growing where you want to be. And so I'm going to end with these steps and I encourage you to 
Maybe even come up with your own steps. Start with these, incorporate them into your every single day life because they're easy to incorporate in your everyday life. And maybe even make this a New Year's resolution if you don't have one yet. So step one, I said to pray about how God sees you specifically and uniquely to you, to write them down and put them somewhere that you see them daily or really frequently to constantly be reminded of how God sees you. And this is beautiful because he's not going to tell you something that he tells somebody else. He's going to say how you, how he sees you specifically. And, um, I think it's beautiful because it also encourages you to listen to the Holy Spirit and take that step to leaning into the Lord. Step two is to pray and surrender every single morning for insecurity and as frequently as you can. Surrender it to the Lord, pray it away, and pray out that you believe how God sees you and meditate on those truths. See, you can do all the steps, but if you don't truly believe them, it's not going to make the difference that you want it to. Step three is to set boundaries in your life to ensure that you don't continuously stumble and bring yourself down that spiral. Um, it may sound dramatic, but it's something that I've done in my life that has helped immensely, um, especially with social media. I've unfollowed pretty much all the people that I've ever really compared myself to, and it has been a game changer and just naturally creates a safe and healthy space when I do go on social media. And the last step is to just continue the cycle and to speak those truths over yourself. Every time you see yourself, every time you start your day, whenever the lies come, and to have scripture, because you can have all these truths, but they're human-made truths, and if you don't have the foundation to life and the life-giving scripture to combat those lies, it's going to be a lot more difficult. So like I mentioned earlier, 2 Timothy 2.7 talks about how we have a sound mind and not a spirit of fear, how we were created to have a sound mind. And so this is the foundation and the key to combating insecurity is walking through those steps and ensuring that you have a sound mind and um, just creating that space to have a sound mind. So I just want to add a couple more things and then we'll pray out and we'll be done. God didn't create us to be insecure by the world's standards, but to secure in him despite our circumstances. I'll say it again. God did not create us to be insecure by the world's standards, but secure in him despite our circumstances. We were created for so much more. So I'm just going to end with a quote from a blog post for women. It says that our world has enough women who lived in who live in masked insecurity. It needs more women who live a brave vulnerability. See, at the end of the day, if you don't know who you are, it affects everything that you do. So I just want to close in prayer and just encourage you and ask for the Lord to encourage you as well. Lord, we just want to thank you for your word that is life-giving, that is encouraging, and that still has stories that are true to help us today, Lord. I want to thank you for this woman that was listening. I pray that you bless her, that you teach her, and that you lead and guide her through this new year and take her through a refining process of learning what it really means to be secure in a woman of God identity in you that you speak to her like she's never heard from you before, that you're growing her and teaching her what this really looks like, that she's not distracted by 
the other people around her that may seem that they have it all figured out. Because at the end of the day, we don't without you, Lord. Help her to rest in your truths and not hear the lies of the enemy. We thank you for carrying us so far, Lord. Be with us in this journey of learning who we are. Let it be exciting and not scary. And we speak against the lies of the enemy in Jesus' name. Again, I pray that you bless her. You help her, you grow her, and you teach her. In Jesus' name, amen.